The Rural Health Voice, Episode 60, Medical School. Welcome to The Rural Health Voice. I am Beth O'Connor, your host. We discuss rural health issues at the grassroots level and how state and federal policies play out in our local communities. What does it take to be a leader when you are a medical student? Caroline Morgan, third-year medical student at Eastern Virginia Medical School, joined me to discuss her experience. Well, welcome, Caroline. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And making sure I've got my information correct, you are a third-year medical student at the Eastern Virginia Medical School. Is that correct? Or are you... That's correct. I, mm -hmm. Okay. So are you moving on to your fourth year now since we're in, in the end of May here? Yes, we're closing in. I have about five more weeks of third year and then we'll roll right into fourth year. Excellent. So thinking back, what first inspired you to become a doctor? Well, um, you know, it's a... Uh, Many different things um, first inspired me, but I think what I kind of hone in on when when um, talking about this is this experience I had, um, I believe it was the summer of my junior year in high school. Um, I got to go on a trip to Guatemala um, with my church group, and um, I was just kind of going, not necessarily with the medical um, team specifically, but we did have a doctor come with us, um, actually from my hometown, the family doctor, Dr. Jones, and um, just getting to see him work with the people there in the small village. Um, it was just really exciting to me. Um, he provided them with a lot of just comfort when they kind of were facing unknown health issues. Um, and just the compassion and the comfort that he could provide them was um, what initially got me thinking about going to medical school. And you are, of course, part of the Virginia Rural Health Association. How did you first get interested in rural health issues? Well, um, it's kind of an interesting story, I guess. Um, I grew up in Gladys, Virginia, in southern Campbell County, um, so a pretty rural area. And um, when I came to medical school, though, I don't think I initially had the idea of um, really getting involved. I didn't really know, I guess, what was available to medical students and how to get involved um, in rural health issues. And then in the spring of my first year of medical school, I went to um, Bob Alpino's office. Um, he's the Eastern Virginia AHEC um, director and also a VRHA member. And I went there because I was picking up um, uh, I guess you call it a, a toll pass to go across to the Eastern Shore um, for a, a program I had been assigned to a, a mentor, a doctor over there. So I went to his office to pick up the tickets and he gave me a VRHA um, pamphlet. Um, we got to talking about rural health and um, he gave me the pamphlet and that's kind of how I first realized that um, I, I could become involved in rural health even as a medical student. And you became very involved. You not only joined VRHA, but you served as a student representative to the VRHA board. And you even started a VRHA chapter at EVMS. That's right. Yeah. And, and why do you feel that it's important for health profession students to seek out those types of leadership responsibilities? Well, I think that um, sometimes it's easy to think that we can just wait until we're in practice. Um, 
outside of residence, you know, finish residency, finish medical school um, to get involved. But I think, um, you know, it's such a long process. There's really no need to wait. And we can um, make a difference now, I think, um, even during medical school. Um, And one thing that really I felt strongly about was that even for people who don't choose to practice in rural areas, which is the majority, um, I think that it's really helpful for everyone to understand um, the specific issues and um, challenges that rural patients face, um, because many of them will end up coming to specialists who are in urban areas for care um, and being able to understand uh, the challenges that they're going to face when they go home um, can, I think, really help the providers give better care to the patients. And speaking of giving better care, you were recently inducted into the Gold Humanism Honor Society, and congratulations on that. Thank you so much. And the society recognizes individuals for practicing patient-centered medical care by modeling the qualities of integrity, excellence, compassion, altruism, respect, and empathy. So that's quite an honor. Is this something that you applied for or were you nominated by someone? How does that process work? Um, it's a it's a nomination process uh, that I guess in in the fall or early part of this year, they send out um, a, a list of all the students to all of the students in your class, and people are able to vote um, for people that um, that they feel uh, represent those qualities, and then um, they choose from the people who are voted for. And what does it mean to you to have that recognition from your peers? Um, I feel very honored um, to have been chosen for the Gold Humanism. I feel like I'm surrounded by a whole class of people who really, um, I think, deserve the recognition. Um, I think that we have wonderful faculty and attendings and residents who really exemplify um, humanistic and compassionate care. Um, and I just feel honored to be um, hopefully representing those qualities in the same way that I see the um, see our mentors uh, representing them. And of course, as a third year student, you've had a slightly unusual experience with the pandemic. How has COVID shaped your view of how we provide health care? Well, um, you're definitely right that it has been an interesting year. Um, I think that it's helped me to understand that things are always changing and we can't get used to, um, you know, just because it's been done doesn't mean it should always be done that way. Um, I think it's kind of shown how we can provide care in different ways that might be just as good or even better. Um, I'm specifically thinking of um, telehealth. I know it of course, already existed before COVID, but I think has expanded a lot uh, because of COVID. And um, specifically for rural areas, I think it can be um, extremely helpful. And maybe um, while COVID overall, I think, was something that we all considered a bad thing, there have been some good outcomes um, in promoting some things like telehealth um, that we might otherwise not have um, promoted as much. If a high school or college student is considering a medical career, what advice would you give that person? 
Well, I think a high school student, I would say, if you haven't already, try to um, do some shadowing um, in some specialties that you think you might be interested in. Um, Maybe just starting out with primary care, either a family doc or a pediatrician or um, something like that, and just see what it really looks like on a day-to-day basis. Um, Sometimes we have ideas of what things will be, but... um, you know, it's good to actually get in and see, is it actually what I think um, it will be like? And then, um, yeah, just enjoy, your, in high school, just enjoy your time before um, you get to college and try to learn about the field. And then um, for a college student, I'd say continue on with, um, you know, your studies and just do your best to study hard, but also remember that we're all people and um, you have to just have have breaks and time to rest and spend time with family. Um, Yeah, just, I think getting involved in a variety of activities, you know, it doesn't have to be the classic, um, the classic things that you think of um, for extracurricular, sometimes just something that really interests you, whether it's um, woodworking or um, playing a sport, intramural sport or anything like that, that just shows people that um, you're a human too and you have um, things that you enjoy, I think would be a good good thing to get involved in. And our last question, if you could do anything, what would you do to improve health and healthcare in rural America? That's a big question. Um, it is. Yeah, let's see. When I think of improving health for rural America, I most I think most clearly about my own um, home, like my hometown and the people from there. And um, I think one thing that I really wish could be improved um, in that area, and I'm sure across America too, would just be mental health resources for people in rural areas. Um, I know it can be very isolating sometimes to live in a rural area. Um, Sometimes you're surrounded by people who are always um, coming over to visit and things like that. But for some people, it is very isolating. And I think um, depression and anxiety and all sorts of um, substance use disorders are very real um, health concerns in rural areas. And I hope that Um, During my lifetime, there'll be improvements in the mental health resources available to people um, struggling with those things. Yes, we'd definitely like to see integrated behavioral health so that people can get the the access they need without having to go someplace outside of their community to see a specialist. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you, Caroline. Really appreciate you joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. That's Caroline Morgan and her wish for improved behavioral health access. If you want to be part of the conversation about rural health, check out our upcoming Pride of Rural Virginia Community Conversations. Visit vrha.org and click the Pride button at the bottom of the page. The Rural Health Voice is the podcast of the Virginia Rural Health Association. It is sponsored by the Virginia State Office of Rural Health and underwritten by the National Rural Health Association.